flamethrower is Shireen here. Well, it is a season to be jolly and I'm ecstatic about our next guest. I am so excited to have Asher Hill, coach, choreographer, world competitor, most wondrous person I know in figure skating, honestly, joining us on the show today to talk all things figure skating and actually all things Asher. Hello. Hi, Shireen. How are you? I am so excited to be talking to you. Um, Asher is also co-host of That Figure Skating Show, which is on CBC. He is Canadian and, as I said, a world-renowned coach choreographer. But Asher, my first question is part of your bio. You also say, I have a very nice personality and butt. Because um, I do. It's... Uh... <laughs> Um, I, in skating, most of us have uh, pretty good derrieres because of constantly uh, with our back extensions with our free legs. And uh, so like speed skaters and hockey players, our hips don't fit in jeans. Um, and then, you know, add in some Jamaican heritage and you have a great combination for a nice butt. Um <laughs> Well, this is the only time I've ever I've ever been like, oh, it's so sad. This isn't a video program, but like, <laughs> just Google any of my skating outfits, and you can you'll okay. find it. Thank you for that tip for the <laughs> listeners. Um, I would like you to tell me the Asher Hill origin story. How did you fall in love with skating? So my I have a twin sister. Her name is Acacia Hill, uh, director of uh, Brampton Hill Skating Academy in Brampton. Um, and uh, she really liked skating. And my parents were very obsessed with skating as well, um, especially during the eras of Surya Bonnelly and Debbie Thomas. And I think also there's kind of that, uh, my parents are Jamaican immigrants. And I think there's that aspect of, uh, you know, everyone who's Canadian should learn how to skate or any winter sport or stuff like that. So they put us both on the ice, uh, you know, twins. It's much easier to watch them do the same thing. I get that. <laughs> I hated it. It was terrible. I cried for every single session. I would just sit on the ground and eat ice. And um, the rink that I pretty much trained my whole life in, uh, the Scarborough Figure Skating Rink, doesn't have boards. Uh, so it's, it's like a, a skating ring. So the boards are only like ankle height. So I would just crawl off the ice and like run. And then my dad would have to try and get me and put me back on the ice and bribe me with candy or French fries from the snack bar. Um, and then they eventually just like you're wasting everyone's time. So we're going to pull you out. Uh, but I still have to go to the rink every day after school to watch my sister. And so I eventually went back into it. Um, and then started to find a little bit more of the joy, uh, had a lot of natural talent and uh yeah just kept going with it ever since um and now i'm a coach choreographer went to world's uh, national champion a few times and uh, we're in battle of the blade season six. Oh yes that was such a exciting uh process to be a part of um one because it was during the pandemic uh, I mean, the pandemic's still going. She's here. Uh, but <laughs> but um, it, it was interesting because not only like COVID protocols, but having something to do during a time that was so uncertain um, and to be able to affect change. And of course, um, prize money goes towards charity of the skater, skater's choice. 
Um, and, you know, at a time where I wasn't working consistently, I wouldn't have been able to give the 17,000 that uh, me and Jessica won. Uh, it was 17,000 each. I, I wouldn't have been able to give that to a charity at any given point, especially during a time where I wasn't making money in uh, industries that are hurting at the time of COVID. So that was really cool. Um, and Jessica Campbell, who is my partner, uh, was amazing. Uh, from the first week, she was already doing waltz jumps and uh, toe loops and uh, working on her extension. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better partner. And just for people that don't know, uh, Battle of the Blades is actually pairing choreographers and ice dancers and figure skaters with mm -hmm. hockey players. Yes. I love that. I think that's wonderful. But I think you may be our first figure skating guest ever. Yes. So, I mean, I love this for all of us, but that idea of working, can you explain the technical differences between like what skates are different, hockey players skate differently? Yeah, it, it was so interesting um, trying to relay figure skating knowledge to a hockey player. Uh, for example, uh, the way we do a push, we would say push to your left foot. So we would step on our left foot being our supporting foot, the right foot um, is the one that generates power. But to hockey players, it would, that would mean a push from your right foot. And so we would say, okay, let's go left, right? And then she would push left. And so of course, when you're skating side by side, you can't do that. You clip, you fall down. So that was one thing. Um, and then trying to just kind of use more of their lingo to help them understand ours. Uh, it was much easier to speak hockey to them than uh than figure skating um and then as well as of course their skates don't have toe picks it's just a round blade so uh most of them had to be wearing uh, knee pads uh jessica actually got a pretty bad injury from falling on her toe pick on those forward cross cuts we have to we have to shave down all their toe picks as well wow <laughs> yeah because they're not really jump like to have the big toe picks and skating is for like vaulting for jumps uh, uh particularly free skates so for them those are death traps so we had to shave them all down but yeah and, and then of course you know skating is it has an emotional content to it we're moving in moving to uh, music and choreography uh so for a hockey player like being hunched over protecting uh your space uh and like staying grounded is very important they don't care what they look like uh but in skating we're like open up your chest smile take a deep breath and pretend like someone's just baked a baked a tray of cookies and you're smelling it in the morning and like you know it's, so it's such a completely different world for them so it's like literally taking off the layers of their equipment and trying to find uh you know this elegance or, or human connection and and uh, vulnerability uh, on the ice um, instead of just gabbing the puck and going for the goal or whatever great hockey lingo <laughs> I know I love your I love your hockey lingo but um what did that experience do for you as a skater um so at the time that I was asked to do the show by Sandra Bezik um I had been quite disillusioned with the sport. Um, I, at the time, I, I guess uh, June 2nd or so, um, you know, during George Floyd protests and Breonna Taylor and all those things, Black Lives Matter, um, like uh, every other kind of news organized, not news organization, but news organizations to institutions, to sport orgs, uh, you know, putting up their 
there we stand for black people and we're stand against anti-black racism and police brutality and blah 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 uh without doing much of any of the work really or just saying these platitudes and skate canada was one of uh one of those organizations and i had um come forward with allegations of racism abusive skaters misogyny homophobia by a colleague at uh, at uh, brampton the Brampton Skating Club that I used to work at. Uh, and um, Skate Canada, I felt, didn't do a proper, effective job at um, doing an investigation. Um, I had been working with this person for a very long time. We were really close friends, and I kept kind of forsaking my morals. And, you know, within skating, uh, being one of the very few uh, black bodies in the sport, uh, it's ripe with microaggressions, jokes, things that you've always heard as a kid, uh, but you just let it roll off your back. You're there to do your job. Um, that all came to a head when uh, I made my allegations and the report came back that I was making it all up, uh, that they didn't believe anything I had said. They only interviewed uh, the his other colleagues who are also white coaches didn't talk to um, other people like my sister who also worked at the club. Um, but, you know, and then found me to be the bully and harasser of the whole thing, even though I came forward with, you know, something very uh, personal and hurtful. Um, and it took a lot out of me. Um, I was in a world of depression, um, imposter syndrome, that I already have pretty bad was at its highest. Um, it really threw me through a loop. And so I didn't really want to do anything with skating. I still don't really choreograph ice dance. Um, but then, you know, Sandra Bezzer called me and she wanted to know the whole story about what was happening with Skate Canada. So we spent two hours just talking and then she just trying to convince me to like at first do choreography for the show. So I said, okay, maybe I'll do it. And then she called again and she's like, actually, you know what? I think you'd be a wonderful performer. Uh, you're amazing. You're a great skater. And I think you have something to add and it'd be, uh, you know, so important, especially at this time. And I kind of sat on the fence. I didn't want to do it. And then I think what really helped push me was um, being able to give to charity. And my charity of choice was uh, Freedom School Toronto. Um, and then you know, being able to find that joy of skating again. And it was with Jessica doing programs like uh, a tribute to her her late brother, Josh, just watching her do the things that I take for granted in skating, like a three turn or cross skate or a like a landing stretch with a turned out foot. And we're celebrating those wins. It was like watching a kid enjoy skating again. And then I got to really f feel that secondhand and firsthand joy in our successes and, and being in this pressure cooker of creating programs every week together. Our coaches and choreographer, Ben Augusto and Catherine Hill, were amazing throughout the whole process. There was so much, so many tears backstage and just feeling the joy of skating again and remembering why I love it. It's freedom of movement. It's creating stories. It's that human connection that you can create through this weird judge sport uh by creating images and pictures on the ice um with your body and then as well as you know i got to be on national tv speaking about issues that um often in canada we don't like to talk about because we are the 
the uh, cordial cordial racism is, I guess, <laughs> a good term. Polite, for polite racism. We're very <laughs> polite. polite. <laughs> yeah, polite about it, and we don't want to acknowledge any of it actually exists here. Um, and so to be able to speak so freely uh, about the charity I was giving that fights against um, anti-black uh, racism in the schooling industry or any discriminatory uh, practices like that, um, like streaming and, and uh, you know, teaching kids about resistance through a queer black feminist lens uh, was so cool to be on national television, just speaking that truth. And I remember when that unfolded because the headlines were like, Asher Hill calls out Skate Canada for hypocrisy and all this kind of thing without truly deeply diving into it because of the fact that, you know, most media is white and sport media in particular, which is why I'm so excited to have you on the show to talk about it. Also, to see you thrive and Sandra Bezik, for those that don't know, is co-creator of Battle of the Blades and is a former competitor and a Canadian legend in the figure skating world. But I wanted to touch a little bit about what you said about being one of the only black bodies and certainly not only in Canada. I would argue that this is more pervasive and also like being a black queer man. Like there's intersections there. Those of us that don't know figure skating that will will assume, and please correct me, that gay culture is accepted within figure skating. Mm. But then it's a race element that you you know also that is prevalent um, and largely mm. ignored in conversations. Mm. So in that time, did you feel any support at any level of those intersections? Definitely. Um, I'll first touch on I, I guess the acceptance of. Uh, queerness and skating uh i think because there has been a visibility of especially gay men in skating that it's been somewhat accepted um but it's quite interesting when a few weeks ago we had a uh, there was a russian judge who was asked during an interview about gabriella papadakis and guillaume Cizeron, who are uh former world champions and most likely will be uh olympic champions coming up french team they're fantastic been together for 14 years skate transcendent programs are so beautiful like they move you to tears um he is a gay man and uh this judge was just like well you know it's it's impossible to create good skating programs with a gay partner. You just don't, they can't, they clearly can't connect. There's no connection between them. It's very dead. Um, and that's the problem when you have a gay partner. Um, so those are, those are the attitudes that we definitely have within skating. Uh, even Skate Canada back in 2009, they wanted to be, they tried to do a campaign called Skate Like a Boy. Uh, or they're just trying to get like the uh, really to show how macho skating is, um, even though it's been a place where it attracts, uh, I guess, queer identities because of the um, kind of artistic side of it. But even still, we have that repression side that was just like, well, let's not talk about gayness. Woo, it's scary. Um, but, you know, lots of things have happened since that time you know with eric being the first out gay um olympic champion eric radford of course so we're still fighting those battles and especially within queer women in skating caitlin weaver uh, coming out this year as well as we have karina monta um and all those people uh, so it's been really cool to see the visibility of queer women but you know in skating they almost don't exist is what they think is that what they say but they're very much here so in skating, it is and it isn't. There's a lot of work to be done uh, to be inclusive to the LGBTQIA uh, community. 
but uh, I felt more of the support coming from, I guess, my blackness, um, because I guess, given the uh, the temperature of society at that time, um, with the Black Lives Matter protests going all around the world, uh, of course, the discussions of in the inclusion of black queer bodies, especially black, uh, black trans women, um, it was very much part of the conversation. Um, but, uh, I think for me, uh, although I'm pretty much out with my bisexuality, I, I, I kind of, I don't, uh, it wasn't really a sticking point, uh, with regards to the issues that I had going on with Canada, although it's very much intertwined, uh, with the homophobia that uh, I, I, I experienced and heard from the coaching question. Um, and that affected me in ways uh, deeply because especially when some of these incidents happened, I still was not very, I was not out. I was not fully comfortable with uh, my sexual identity. Um, and so, you know, when you're hearing the F word and you're just like, ah, oh, ha, 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 you shouldn't say that. Uh, but not exactly saying why or not even relating to yourself fully that it's because I identify with this community and understand that these word is hurtful. Um, it kind of does a little bit of a, a mind, uh, mind fuck. Am I allowed to swear on this? <laughs> oh, come on, Asher, you know, burn it all down. <laughs> so you know this show. <laughs> okay. It gives you a little bit of a mind fuck. <laughs> Like, part of me wanted to be like, today's guest show is the most fucking awesome person I know. So, yes. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, so I definitely got that more from my Black identity because you get all the text messages of, like, are you okay? Are you doing this? And at the time, you know, I did say that I didn't want to hear from anybody because it was freaking annoying and performative. Um, like, thank you for checking in on me. It is really sweet. But whenever I've bought these things up before, it's always like an eye roll or like a sigh or like, you're just, you're just letting me talk while I just let out the hot air and then we can all move on and continue with whatever. Uh, but now you're face to face with it. And now you've heard my experience and now you can't ignore it. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash blue wire to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You talked about Surya Bonali, who was literally one of the reasons that I fell in love 
with figure skating and was drawn because mm. the backflip and her quads. I remember watching her once getting after the backflip and there was a survival and a confidence, but a quivering of her lip and a, almost like a, a, what looked like defiance, but I knew was survival because I've had that indignant role with all whiteness in front of me and you're trying to stay mm -hmm. solid and I could see her eyes and her lip quivering and no i i don't skate and you'll see this when we go skating this winter because we are doing that we have to bring courtney as well i'll bring absolutely <laughs> dr courtney cito is actually i would love that you'd leave me behind in the desk but that's one thing i could relate to because she was a person whose athletic ability was spectacularly beautiful and her grace and her strength was inspiring and she clearly belonged on the ice but the culture did not do that and i i think when i was listening to you talk about freedom of movement did you connect with her growing up or was she the skater that you looked to growing up you said debbie thomas as well but were those the two main ones that you looked like or was it christy amaguchi or anything like that anyone racialized yeah um definitely saria bonnelly was um a icon in our home and a inspiration um you know right now we have tons of of uh women young women especially uh russians more particularly doing all these quads uh but you know back in the day the women who are like trying and going for quads were those cultural bodies like surya bonnelly uh really pushing the pushing the envelope going for those quads and then it would be decades before you know women tried it again and now it's so commonplace and you would need it to like win on the podium um she started that and i, I think there needs to be more recognition of that and there's skaters like um christy liscomb from america uh back in like junior and in, in the early 2000s uh was landing quads as well um she's also a black skater um, there's no kind of recognition for that, but, you know, growing up, my, my inspirations were, I really loved, uh, Daisuke Takahashi, uh, from Japan. Um, what I would always do is I never had like big, I never looked up to everyone just for like all their being. I would look at skaters for the qualities I liked in them. Like if they had really good tenacity and attack, but maybe didn't have the best skating skills. And then I would look at like Itadaski Takahashi for connection of movement and, and freedom of skating. You would look at Mawasada, Mawasada for skating skills and all that stuff. And then you would look at Midori Ito for like raw power and stuff like that. So I always just pick and choose things. So I've, I've never been a person of uh, uh, idols and stuff like that, uh, because I think even as a as a little person, a little person, by a little person, I mean a child, uh, <laughs> uh, I would I would see kind of the folly in people. Uh, be like, yeah, people all generally suck, but also are good. So I think just taking the things that you appreciate from your um, the people you look up to and applying those specific things to yourself will only make you a better person. So. 
Was that a correct answer? All answers are correct. I love it. Um, one of the things that I love about that is you describing your process in, in, in loving people and skating and the skaters that came before you. I do really love what you said about recognizing and how black women in particular in sports don't get the credit that they deserve. And I love, I didn't even know the second Liscombe, I think you mentioned. I, I never even heard of her before. Yeah, Christy Liscombe, she... Like she didn't make it very far internationally for the U.S., but um, she was doing quads well in her junior and senior career back in the early two thousands. Um, but yeah, she was she was lit and had huge jumps. I love all of this. I love you talking about. I even love you talking and the way you speak is so poetic, almost in the fluidity of movements and this. And I'm like, Stop. I'm gonna go go Google Midori Ito right now and be like, I don't know who that is, but I'm gonna go find out. <laughs> Um, but also, are you hopeful about this sport? And, and it's really interesting that you talked about, you know, your discussion on not discussion, you bring it to the attention and using your voice to talk about how you're frustrated that on the face, Skate Canada does these performative things as most sports organizations do, but really have difficulty in actually mm -hmm. going to the root of anti-blackness or anti-indigeneity or homophobia or transphobia or misogyny and abuse, quite frankly. But Skate Canada then released an education and EDI campaign, an educational model, and was one of the first associations to do so in this country. Whereas, you know, Hockey Canada is still a big old mess. We know that. Um, so do you think your voice pushed that? Because I can't imagine that they woke up and were like, we're really sad about the murder of George Floyd. We need to get on this. Yeah, <laughs> which is what it felt like. Oh, we love Blacks. Uh, but <laughs> I always, uh, I do, I say this all the time. I speak to my sister, like every time there's a, 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 a racial trauma, whether it be Islamophobia or anti-blackness that galvanizes everybody. It's like, you have uh, a two, depending how big it is, it's like a year or two years where people care about your voice for a little bit. And then they're like, uh, and then it just goes back. So I was always like, get your things now because we got it to your window. But I will say, uh, I haven't been in direct contact with Skate Canada um, as uh, there is a new investigation happening and it's ongoing. And right off the offset, I said that I didn't really want to create any kind of um, connection with them. Uh, any kind of change, I wanted to do it through our own volition, and that's with FSDIA. Uh, but I know eventually uh, a, a line of communication will have to open up. I, I'm still a, a figure skater. I mean, I'm still a skating coach. I have to register with them. Um, I, I'm working with one of the Olympic hopefuls for women, um, Madeline Skeezis, uh, who's also actually a BIPOC skater as well. Uh, her, her mother is Indian, and her father is, I think, British. But... I think Ski Canada is doing a lot of good work, um, and I and I can say that with um, with confidence because I know who is behind the EDI work, and that is Dr. Tina Chen of Manitoba University. Um, she has been so wonderful, not only just in educating me and and getting grants done for FSCIA and uh, and working directly with the EDI group and, you know, creating that uh, the national survey for um, representation just to see and get a litmus test of, of everyone's experience uh, within Skate Canada uh, regarding their uh, racial identities. So I, I know she's doing such great work. I know 
that at the beginning there was a lot of resistance uh, by some of the members of the EDI group. Um, but Skate Canada has been actually very open to a lot of the things that uh, Tina wants to get done and how to do it. And it's been very effective. And so all praise to Dr. Tina Chen. And of course, as much as it pains me to say, uh, you know, it's good to have this organization be a little bit more open to the change and, and trying to make those changes. Um, but of course, I will always be the uh, the person giving side eye from the side because I feel like that is just my destiny. Um, and, and just making sure that uh, things are still going in that right direction and keeping their feet to the fire and keeping them honest and true to their word and, and, and their actions. That's absolutely important. So what's next for you in addition to more Golden Girls episodes <laughs> and skating with me and Dr. Sito? What is next for you, Asher? And can you even tell us? Yeah, I, I I guess so. I'm not. Most of my things are like top secret. Like I'm not going to be doing a thing with Gucci. But uh, if you're listening, sure. I don't know what. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm um, I'm working with Beyonce. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Speak it into the universe. <laughs> she hasn't done a skating video yet. She hasn't. She has. I think you I should like... reach out, Beyonce, if you're listening. Text Tressa, please. <laughs> Yeah, I think we could. I think I could send her a treatment for like you know some kind of like, uh, some kind of ice scape. Like I don't know. We we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be on her next visual album. <laughs> and I'll I'll be a roadie. That's fine. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll put you in my writer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, right now, uh, I I'm coaching and doing a lot of choreography, um, at uh, Brampton Hill Skating Academy, Milton Skating Club, and Thornhill. Um, mostly working with uh, the free skaters on skating skills and, of course, doing their programs. Working with Olympic hopeful Madeline Skizis in Milton, um, who just came off of a, a wonderful skate, uh, a performance at Ross Telecom Cup in Russia. Uh, of course, that figure skating show is back up for its third season. We're still doing that somehow. I don't really fucking know <laughs> why but apparently they like us so we're going to keep going with that uh, we're going to be going to nationals in ottawa to the canadian olympic qualifiers for figure skating um we're going to be on the ground there so it's going to be interesting for me that's in january that's in january yeah I, it boggles my mind that the qualifiers are so soon before the olympics oh i know it's always like two weeks so you have like <laughs> it's always this um kind of feeling of like people who are like oh i'm gonna like hoping to make the olympics and they don't <laughs> and then it's like three weeks until the Olympics. And then the next week you go to four continents, which most of the Olympic athletes will forego going to four continents. So they send like what we call the B team. So my two experiences at four continents have been during the year of the Olympics. And we always skated well there, but it's always like the, uh, always the B team or the, uh, there's this kind of uh cloud of, of um, sadness because some of most of the skaters obviously who are there haven't made the Olympic team. Um, so yeah, that four contest is always uh, a nice one. I like the party at the end because everyone's <laughs> everyone, <laughs> you can feel the sorrow. Uh, <laughs> but... And you weave that into your choreography, those emotions. Yes. Yeah, yes. You have to, <laughs> you have to. Um, so, and then I think CBC, we have some stuff maybe planned for the Olympics is not set in stone yet, but that's really exciting. Um, and then, of course, working with FSCIA, uh, it's really cool to be in this uh, 
advocacy role where actual work is getting done. And it's always a place that I've always wanted to be in. Uh, I was cleaning out my closet a few weeks ago and I found uh, uh, in grade 10, you got to do your careers and whatever, civics and careers. And I was reading one of my career, like do a tang thingies and all this stuff written in there and just being just seeing my 50 year old self writing like how he wants to help uh the world and, and and you know try and understand where people are coming from in different ways and so it was a nice uh kind of uh reaffirmation is reaffirmation reaffirmation reaffirmation? Yep. reaffirmation there we go wrong syllable um but <laughs> uh a reaffirmation of of that um, I've always kind of been this person and this is where I've always wanted to be. And so learning from educators like you, uh, Amira Rose Davis, uh, Brenda, Lindsay, and Jessica. Did I get everybody? Okay, wonderful. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, and of course, Tina, and just learning about those intersections uh, within sport and race and gender identity and queerness and even things to like climate change it's opened my eyes up up to how sport can be accessible more accessible um more inclusive more equitable and how we actually get there with um you know proper work and not just this kind of fugazi um performative surface level and then scratch underneath and there's barely anything uh kind of work and so I've become I'm becoming more passionate about that and trying not to be afraid to actually go for it without feeling like I'm moonlighting as an advocate or anything like that. So, uh, oh, and then also I'm supposed to go to Manitoba in February to do a talk about uh, race and sport um, at the University of, of Manitoba with Tina. Uh, so that could be that should be cool. Uh, some more some more moonlighting. It's very interesting. I always joke that my six eighths of a degree from Ryerson has got me to speak to. <laughs> students at a university so yay <laughs> love love that um on your work for fsdia for those that don't know it's the figure skating diversity and inclusion alliance and we will look for that where can our listeners find you asher um i can be found on the gram posting thirst traps uh <laughs> and and then folks, intersplice folks they're, they're beautiful <laughs> and they are effective uh, and then and, uh, sprinkled in with some of my work for CBC and, and um and then uh, some advocacy stuff. So it'll be like rah rah rah, capitalism sucks. Here's my abs, <laughs> which I love. It's all about balance. <laughs> um, love it. I love all of that. Oh wait, on Instagram, Asher Quasi. A-S-H-E-R-K-W-A-C-I-E. Um, and then on Twitter, I am just Asher Hill. Uh, I am on TikTok. I barely use it. I don't understand it. Um, so that just means I'm officially old. And um, and then you can watch uh, that figure skating show on CBC Sports YouTube page. And then you can also see some of our work that we've done at FSDIA uh, with our, our series called Conversations in Color where we interview skaters of different identities and, uh, you know, in-depth interviews on what it takes to like, get to the rink and, and being in the bodies that they are um, and just getting to understand their place within figure skating and, and how it's affected them. 
um, that's on uh, the Figure Skating Diversity Inclusion Alliance, or FSDIA for short, and that's on their YouTube channel as well. Uh, and I think that's it. And you can text me at... I'm forgetting. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, this has been... This has been so wonderful and instructive and helpful. And thank you for providing all those resources that are like immeasurably important, particularly in a figure skating um, setting that, you know, a lot of people may not know where to go, but also in an Olympic year where this is very Mm -hmm. relevant, very now. And Mm -hmm. I know how busy you are and I'm so appreciative of you, you know, jumping off the ice and coming to talk to burn it all down because we love you. I'm obsessed with you and I can't, when, when things do slow down for you, I would really love to make a fool of myself on the ice and have you, I just, yes. just I wish I skated better than I do. Like my parents were like yours as immigrant uh, families. They're like skate and swim, but I took more to the swimming, even though I love skating I watched hockey and ice far more than I watched swimming. Um, but my point is, is that I could use your help. So, well, absolutely. Uh, BHSA, uh, in Brampton, we have an adult program and it's actually, we've got two more adults that are on there. So it's growing and it's really, it's really right now I'm working with a, uh, an older Jamaican man and his sons are in skating and he's trying to like show them to, it's okay to try new things. And it's so cute. Uh, it like warms my heart. It reminds me of my dad. I'm like, I'm already like crying now, uh, but, but just, yeah, it's so cute. He really wants to learn how to cross get. So uh, I haven't worked with adults in a long time, but uh, it's already uh, it's so healing for the soul. So um we would absolutely love to have you and we should absolutely go skating. That's amazing. Thank you so much for this and and we look forward to seeing you in yes. so many different places and again thank you so much for the work you do on and off <sighs> the ice you're like a joy and a light in this place so thank you uh so much shereen uh the work that you all do at burn it all down is phenomenal you all talk the real real uh and it's just like you said, it's a feminist sports cast you absolutely fucking need. Everyone should be listening to this show. It's fantastic. Um, thank you so much. And I'm so uh, you know honored to be one of, uh, I know you do have men on the podcast as well, but uh, I know I'm part of a select few, so I'm going to take that to my grave. <laughs> <laughs> you are. And I love that you dropped that. Love that. Uh, I will see you soon, my friend. And best of luck out there with everything.